This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Week 7, One-on-One's NFL Friday. Kenny Ducey, Mac Rosenberg with you inside the WFUV studios. Glad you could join us for this one, getting you primed for some football on Sunday as well as looking back last night on a, I guess you could call that a football game, um, <laughs> between Seattle and Arizona. It's so sad, Mac, because Arizona was in there. They were in there for, uh, they were they were hanging around in the first the first part of the game. Yeah, and then, they were. And then Seattle just did their thing. And, Turnovers, oh well. no running game for the Cardinals. I mean, I, there was no doubt in my mind that Seattle was going to win that football game last night. Some good, some good spurts from that Arizona offense. I, I mean, they just need a running game. Rashard Mendenhall, you know, he was getting, he was running into a wall of defenders. It seemed like every time he touched the football, you got to have somewhat of a running game, and they just did not have it. Uh, Andre Ellington's not that bad, and they've been trying to give him an expanded role, man, right. in the in the offense. And last night, uh, it, it wasn't really happening for him too much in terms of in terms of production. But look, I mean, he's a speedy guy. He only had three carries last night. But he, I mean, he can catch passes out of the backfield. I would like to see them give him an increased role, just because Mendenhall, he's look, he's a veteran and he's old. I mean, he'll, Mendenhall only got 13 carries last night. They're not running the ball at all. But if they tried to run it, I would, I'm, I, you know, and maybe this is because I just traded Mendenhall in one of my fantasy leagues. But <laughs> I really think that he is clearly the guy you want to go to. I mean, Mendenhall's going to get hurt, right? And, and I think it's funny with the Arizona Cardinals. The running game has always been a weakness for them. I mean, you go back to Edger and James. I was the, really, I think, the last and maybe the only guy. And he wasn't they, even that great. He wasn't even that great. I think, I think he was there when they made the Super Bowl. Obviously, the show there was Warner and Fitzgerald, and it's kind of still the same way when you have Carson Palmer, who is a pretty good passer. Uh, and, and then you, you just think of the guys, LaRod Stevens, howling they had there. They had Ryan Williams, <laughs> hey, who man. they were so high on Ryan like Williams, and he had ACL Beanie injuries. Wells. Two years. Beanie Wells <laughs> wasn't even that terrible. Uh, he's a, he's definitely a name that that he's a free uh, agent right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, he he was somewhat productive there, but it's always been a problem for them. And, and you know, Rashard Mendenhall, he had, he was okay on the Steelers. He wasn't great. I mean, that was a smash mouth offense that uh, you know he was able to strive for a little while in, but. I think the storyline of this game is, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, they, they're they're still right there in the NFC. And anybody who thinks that the Seahawks cannot play on the road, okay, the, the Cardinals, you know, it, it's no place is easy to play on the road in the NFL. I don't care what stadium you're in. I don't care what team you're facing. Especially the Cardinals with that defense because we knew that they would at times give, give them problems last night, and they did. Uh, they had an early fourth down stop. But... Really, the Seahawks are still right there in the in the NFC. Speaking of the Seahawks, Luke Wilson, best known from old school, yeah. catching a touchdown. Yeah, pa- yeah. Oh, no, that was that was the tight end, Luke Wilson. Right. That's right. Oh man, that's right. I, and and this oh, is Owen the, Wilson's brother. Right, exactly. This is the funny part about the 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 Seahawks is like once they actually get a competent receiver in Percy Harvin back, imagine what they're going to be like. Sidney Rice, look. He's I good. tweeted that exact statement yesterday. Yeah. Did you, you, I, 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 I have to monitor all the staff yeah. tweets, so that may have come across that my exact desk, statement. But, Look, I, I mean, you look at Sidney Rice is good. I'm not going to say, and may, he's competent. I don't think that you know they, they, he's not competent. But Golden Tate is, you know, he's nice. But these are guys who are nice pieces in an offense. You know, this is like a right. Golden Tate's a guy to start opposite, you know, a, a Percy Harvin right. or and a same thing. I think the same thing Golden with Sidney Tate. Rice. I don't yeah, think Golden they're a number Tate. one receiver. Right, they're not. They're Har- not. Harvin might be best in the slot from a strategy standpoint, but he can be that number one receiver. I had this. It's funny. I had this same exact conversation on Twitter yesterday with Alex Smith, who is not the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. He is uh, a former member here at uh, of the staff at and WFB now killing Sports. it in gray shirts, not yeah. green shirts. Yeah, he's but gray now, shirts. He's now a writer for and the Eagles Philadelphia Eagles website. But I said, listen, once Harvin gets in there, I mean. You finally have a receiver that is dangerous. I mean, is Golden Tate dangerous? Is Sidney Rice dangerous? Maybe Sidney Rice at times can be dangerous. Remember him with the Vikings. He was dangerous with Brett Favre. But he's not dangerous right now. Doug Baldwin, he's not dangerous. You have a guy in Percy Harvin who I think at his very best could be a top you know, 12 or 13 wide receiver in this league. And this team is going to be very, very scary because the dimension that he adds to this offense, the speed dimension and the playmaker dimension, you put him in there with Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, it's going to be scary. It is. And Russell Wilson, to me... Uh, We've look, talked about him. Yes, we have. 
I don't see him as that dangerous type right. that you were talking about. Yeah, but he, yeah. does, I mean, he does enough to. He had three. I think he had three touchdown he, he did. passes. He had a great last game night. last night. Didn't, and he's not turning the ball over. He he definitely does enough to get it uh, to get it done for Sam. Look, he, he had eight rushes for twenty nine yards. He's fast. Okay, he can make things happen. He with definitely his feet. can. But he's not a you know Cam Newton, Terrell Pryor, RG three of two thousand twelve type running back or, or type running quarterback. Quarterback. Right. Yes. Right. Who, no, he's not. Who will you know? Who will run on the design runs. I mean, I think through the first three weeks, he only kept the ball one time on the option. Uh, so, look, I mean, him, Marshawn Lynch, you know, those are really the two big pieces of this team that are driving them, and the defense, of course. Oh, yeah. And, look, at 6-1, and one, are they the best team? No. Are they the third best team? I... Maybe I don't even know if I'll put them as the third best team because in got, in the league. Yes, but they are definitely top five, and to hang in there in the top five, especially. I mean, I had a lot of doubts about them coming into the year as they were ranked number one in ESPN's power rankings, and of course, Jets were last. But we'll get to that in, <laughs> in a couple minutes. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I think that they have done a good job of sustaining their you know their standing as look, we are a top five team. We beat the Forty ers You know. We we beat up on the Cardinals who were three and three coming into this game and they showed us you know nothing you know right. we had no fear and no so I, I and think, no reason to fear right and I think they're so again I think they're doing a pretty good job and you know I, I think that they they utilized the tight end last night we talked about Wilson or Zach Miller as their main tight end utilized him I have a question for you though sure the the three guys the three main receivers that they have right now number one two and three would be Tate Rice and and Doug Baldwin yep do you think those guys are Top twenty wide receivers in the league? No, I don't either. A- and I, I think the. Do you think they're above average? Yes, I think I think Sidney Rice and uh, Golden Tater are above okay. average. Yeah, I Doug Baldwin. They they just they, I think Percy Harvin is just that one ingredient yeah. that they're that they're missing right now. I think so. No, no. Here's another. I'll ask you this question. Okay. Because this is a question my father always asks me, and it's usually about quarterbacks. You know, like you know, because I, I used to think first two years of Mark Sanchez, he was pretty good. Right. But could you see Mark Sanchez winning a Super Bowl? Could you see Golden Tate and Doug Baldwin and Sidney Rice winning a Super Bowl like through the air? Not without Percy Harvin. Right. I think you know, I think that's I think Kobe Jones is a good example of that. I mean, you know, they had Torrey Smith and Anquan Bolden and he was still was was doing his thing. Right. Well, and, and a, he won the Super Bowl Jones was a glorified kick returner right. before, you know, this ridiculous lucky pass that Joe Flacco made right. that I'm really exactly. mad that Jacoby Jones caught, but you know, <laughs> uh we'll, we'll keep that we'll keep that tucked away here, but um yeah, so I I I think you're right, but I think that that proves the point that yeah. you look at these three guys and you don't think that they would possibly yeah. you know, win a Super Bowl. Them but alone. You put Harvin. You put there, Harvin in there, and I think that that Har- Percy that Harvin them. can do so many different things. He's not just a slot receiver. He's a slot receiver. He's a guy who can line up in the backfield. He's a guy who He'll can take it to kicks. the house on a kick yeah. return. So I mean, just he is extremely, extremely dangerous because. It, you can't stress enough the importance of having guys in the NFL that can do more than one thing. It's it's kind of a new thing, it, you know. It's kind of like a. I mean, it used to be where like you know punters would play quarterback and and kickers would play quarterback. That's obviously gone, but but now it's like these multi-dimensional backs and these multi-dimensional receivers and these multi-dimensional quarterbacks, and it's really starting to take over the game. You see Colin Kaepernick, obviously, even Andrew Luck can can run the football when he really needs to and be effective. So. Once Percy Harvin uh, is uh, in uniform in Seattle, they're going to be very, very dangerous. Yeah, I, th- I think they will be. A team already dangerous, Mac. We'll switch it over to general NFL. Yes. The Broncos. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. I'm so excited for this matchup. Broncos are playing the Colts. Peyton Manning, uh, you know, playing his old team. I haven't you, been... Of course you know that storyline. Yeah. And Jim Irsay with the comments. I would like to have one more. Uh, he came to Twitter, called it BS. You he's know, a, he's an owner. Making... He's just being greedy. Hey, I will always love Jim Irsay for giving away free Andrew Luck jerseys and signed memorabilia on Twitter. Because yeah, you know, Jim Irsay is He a runs good, the best content. He's a good he owner. Does. He's a good owner. Is, I, like yeah. that, I like that he has a good Twitter presence. You know, okay, so maybe the comments were taken a little bit too seriously, whatever. Bottom line is, I am. I've never. I haven't been excited for, the, for a game. As I am excited for this game this year. This this is this is going to be something else. This game, yeah, and, and I'm really pumped. And you this know that the game. Broncos are going to win, but it's going to be a it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight. And I think what makes this game even more exciting is I think this is the biggest test in the career, the young career of Andrew Luck. 
Think about it. Yeah. Coming off a game where really that offense just could not move the football on, on Monday night. They had the first drive of the game where they got inside the 20, they kick a field goal, and that was about it. They could not move the football at all against San yeah. Diego. They had nothing going, drop passes here, here and there, left and right. So, you know, Andrew Luck, now, now he's in his home building on, on national TV again, back-to-back national TV games. And it's a chance for him to to say, you know, we are not the team that played in San Diego on, on on Monday night, but we are the team that beat San Francisco in San Francisco, and we are the team that beat Seattle. So I will I will say this: I think that this game could still be a blowout. You could say that really about. I know any that game. it's getting hype, and I like, I'm not saying it's going to be, but I could totally envision a world. Uh, and it's actually there's a there's a better chance than I you know maybe I even think myself. That we're we're sitting here next week talking about, you know, oh, it stinks, you know, right? Because you know what happens with that game, it, you know, with a game like that is overhype. Luck, but no, no, but not only that, but luck throws two picks in the first half. So I mean, yeah, because it, it could because be. in a pressure packed situation like that, and with a quarterback that's going to make you pay for your mistakes, yeah. and and a young quarterback as good as Andrew Luck is, a couple of mistakes in that game could get way out of hand. Andrew Luck's going to have to play like your boy did against the Broncos, Tony. He's going to have to play like Romo did. Yeah. I mean, that's just you're going to have to go blow for blow. And again, and, I don't think he's on that level. And though. listen, okay, Andrew Luck is shying away from from people who say that he's going to have to go blow for blow with Peyton Man. He's going to have to. That may not be the way he is, you know, but he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to. Every time Peyton scores a touchdown, you're going to have to go out there and do the same thing. Field goals ain't going to cut it. I think like Robert they did on Monday. Yeah, and I think Robert Mathis is going to be a big key in this game. Now this defense, this Colts defense, they they have to rebound because the do. Chargers really. I mean, the Chargers, they're not a great defense. Chargers could have scored a lot more points on Monday night. Yeah. That offense is not excellent, so they got away with you know they they get they gave up some field goals where they where the uh, Chargers easily easily could have been in the end zone. But uh, yeah, this this Colts defense against the Broncos offense, big matchup. And again, like I mean, do you think the Colts defense is really that good? Because honestly, they have Mathis, they have Mathis, they have Bethea. They're they have much a better. Good they're pieces. much better than they were last year. Yeah, last year you could do anything on that. You could run on this defense. And, you could pass on this defense. And I guess you're right. I mean, they didn't beat the teams like the. They didn't compete with the Broncos of the world, but they did enough to get into the playoffs. Right. and compete there. But again, that was mainly luck. this year. The, the the Colts have really taken the next step, and it was a shame that they couldn't win that game on Monday night because it was yeah. It was, I mean, like going in, did anybody give the Chargers even on on their home field a chance? And you know, it was great to see Philip Rivers obviously perform well, but. I mean, I feel like America really just wanted Andrew Luck to win that game. Trent Richardson, though, didn't do a lot to win that he game. He hasn't done a lot. Will he do enough this week? He has week? not done a lot. That's a problem. And now you have Von Miller. Yeah. Edge rusher. And Von Miller's going to make this team scary. Oh, man. Like, they're going to be oh, scary man. good yeah. with Von Miller. He's, yeah. he's very talented. No, and nobody's talking about the Broncos' defense. Yeah. Nobody will ever be talking been, about the Broncos' been, defense. And maybe so. it's – maybe you know what? Maybe it's subconsciously because of last year what happened to their defense and their secondary. And, uh, again, I mean, that has to have something to do with it, right? I And I, I don't think I'm crazy for thinking well, that. Well, Pey- what Peyton Manning's been able to do is is just has masked this defense, in my right. opinion. No, but, I mean, the Broncos' defense, their secondary let the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I mean, yes. if it weren't for yes. their secondary, no, you're right. you're def- they would have, who you're, knows, Peyton Manning would have had yeah. a ring right now. Yeah. So, and we would, you know, be talking about. Who who was it? It wasn't Bailey who got beat. It was, um, was it uh Tracy Porter? It might have been Porter. I think it might have been, yeah. The former uh, Super Bowl foe Former Saint, Manning. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean— I, I think it actually was. It, yeah. it may have been. But, I mean, look, it was a very makeable play for the Broncos' second night. It didn't make they gotta it. they got to do that. They have to make that play. I, I just think that—I mean, not a lot of people will bring it up, but I think that in the back of a lot of analysts' minds and fans— they remember that the Broncos secondary has had holes before, and the defense sure. has not been fan. I mean, Von. Everyone's going to remember Von Miller's a beast, but now that he's back, maybe that puts a little more attention on the Denver D, the job they've been doing this year. Although, you can't say that the defense has been great when they let up forty, what forty eight points to, to Tony Romo, right? 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 So, no, yeah. I mean that that, that offense actually absolutely shredded them, and through the deep game. Remember that Terrence Williams catch? That that's yeah. kind of similar to the Jacoby Jones thing. Uh, it's it's funny you mentioned the secondary there. Um, you know this this any way you slice it, this is an unbelievably intriguing matchup. And uh, you know NBC did a great job in getting this game and, and making sure that it was scheduled on a Sunday night. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped as well. Um, you want to talk about Michael Vick? Maybe I do. Or? I actually wanted to move right there because you know that's 
I was actually watching highlights of the the, the comeback of the Eagles against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Three years ago, the Sean Jackson twenty ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, Michael Vick looked so good then, and I, I mean, you wish that Michael Vick would be able to stay healthy, but he just yeah. can't. Nick Foles isn't bad though. No, he's not. He's not bad at all. And it's interesting the way Michael Vick decided to announce it. Uh, you know, without and he, he, Chip Kelly was going to, was going to announce it, but Michael Vick decided to announce that he wasn't playing. You know, you know the Eagles' offense looked pretty good last week with with Nick Foles. They were facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they have to face the Cowboys, and this it should be a fun game, I think. Um, Lashawn McCoy, obviously, we know what he can do. There, there are there are playmakers in this offense. They just have to be able to put it together, and I think that that has been you know the issue for them this year. But hey, they've won two games in a row now, so. You know, they have some momentum, and they're home. And eight games in a row they've lost at home. they got to win a home game. I know, I know. And look, I mean, just to go back to the Vic thing, yeah. I mean, before we get to the Texans I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so did I, um, yeah. You know, I think that he's taking it cautious, and I don't think he loses his starting spot. I don't because so when not, he's ready to come he's back, he's not Alex. He's not Alex Smith. When he's ready to come back, he I think so. Yeah, yeah he, I know what you mean. He's not against Alex the Giants. Smith. You know, he was good before he got hurt against the Giants. He even stayed in when he was hurt. You know, yeah. tried to gut it out. He couldn't do it. So I think this is really just he wants to be 100. percent He knows that the Eagles have a pretty good shot of doing something uh, this year. You know, especially with a very weak NFC East. So I like this, and I also like the fact that he recognizes. Look, his boy Nick Foles, his teammate, can get it done as well. Um, but you know, a backup who's not going to get it done is Case Keenum. Oh, man. By I think any we, means. Well, I think we need to really just talk about this situation as a whole. Okay, does Car- who deserve? Does anybody deserve to be let go in this situation? Because you know, Gary Kubiak said that uh, yeah, a couple days ago he does not worry about his job uh, because he has everybody else on this team to worry about. He has coaching staff and players to worry about, so he he doesn't he, he's not selfish in that regard. Um, Matt Schaub was not getting it done. Yeah, <laughs> he's not, he's not a, that a terrible of a quarterback, though. I'll say that. No touchdown passes for to Dre. He forgot about Dre. He did forget about Dre. He did forget about Dre. All right, we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about the J. Well, the the people, the fans will tell you. And uh, maybe some earth, wind, and fire this week. Maybe not. Who knows? I'm pumped to see. Our Jets reporter, Chris Venezia. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one. That's been the story for the New York Jets this season as the team can't seem to win two games in a row. After a dramatic last-second victory in Atlanta about two weeks ago, New York fell 19-6 this past Sunday to the Steelers. The defense, which is fourth in yards allowed per game, did their job for the most part. There's only one major blunder for the D when cornerback Antonio Camardi was beat on a deep pass which resulted in a 55-yard TD. The offense, on the other hand, had a tough time getting into Steeler territory, and the two times the Jets did get close to the end zone, the drives ended with interceptions. Quarterback Geno Smith knows turning the ball over near the red zone is inexcusable. It, it can't happen. Uh, we've said that time and time again, especially you know in the red zone or you know in critical situations. Those those can't happen. And uh, today. We were beat by you know a team that was better than us today. Gang Green's next foe is a familiar one as they welcome the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick's boys have won the last five meetings between the two squads, but Jets' Antonio Camardi says the team's confident they can compete for the W. The last game that we played them on Thursday night, we had a short week and we lost 10-13. So uh, we just got to look at it and go from there. Uh, coming into this week, knowing that's a big week for us. I mean, every week for us, we feel like it's a big week. And uh, this is the only week that we need to worry about. The Pats come into the game with momentum after coming from behind last week to beat the New Orleans Saints. And the Jets need this win to avoid falling three games back of New England in the division. Logic and recent history say the Patriots should leave Snoopy Stadium with the victory. But I'm going with my gut and giving the Jets a 2017 win. With the... Report, I'm Chris Venezia. Wow. Well, I tried to Shazam that song with my phone into my <laughs> headphones. Something tells me that might have been the Dave Matthews band. I don't, I don't know I don't why. Know. I kind of liked it, though. But yeah, it was, the, the part I liked the most about it was him picking the Jets to win 20-17 to 17 over the Patriots. Um, I can't believe that. I mean, he's a yeah. West Coast kid, so you know he's got no bias whatsoever. And I, they almost did it that, last, that Thursday night. 
I think they could do it. I don't think they will do it, but I think they could do it. I felt like, you know, that was, if they were going to do it, that was the game. Because you knew, you knew. And I said it after that Thursday night game. I said the Patriots are going to be 1,000 times better of a football team (laughs) when they face them the next time. I mean, I don't think the Patriots really could have gotten worse in that game. Um, Yeah, I mean, I suppose anything is possible in the NFL, but I just, I don't see it. We have uh, Mark Canizzaro from the New York Post. He was glad enough or kind enough to join us today to talk about the Jets, Mark. And I know that you're a big golf guy, and I'd, I'd love to talk to you about that. But let's stick to the Jets today <laughs> and uh, some very odd comments that have been going on around uh, practice. How's it going, man? It's going fine. How you guys doing? Doing, doing well. well, man. And uh, I, I got to ask you right off the bat about this whole, this, what, two days now it's been going on where Rex Ryan said the players should rest and Sheldon Richardson interpreted it as, oh, yeah, I can't have sex with my wife or my, you know, my significant other. Um, what is the latest on this development? Because I think he, he let off his press conference today talking about it. And is this true? And is it not? I don't know what to believe. Well, here's what basically happened. He, he didn't tell his players not to have sex with their significant other. Uh, what he told them was, this is a big week. We need to be as rested as possible. Tell your wives or your girlfriends or whomever. You know, you're not taking out the trash. You're not doing any errands. You got to save your legs. You know, you know, this week and and I think that Sheldon misinterpreted it. He either misinterpreted it as don't have sex, or he was just now he kind of backtracked. Yesterday, apparently, he was saying that now he was he was only joking when he mentioned that. Um, so Rex did not tell the guys not to do that. <laughs> he was just trying to make the point. You know, look, you got to be as rest. We need to be the most physical team on the field on Sunday when the Patriots come to town. And, you know, we need you guys at your, well, best rested best. We've seen so that's a lot. Kind of, and, I mean, listen, with Rex and the Jets, these things seem to spiral into, into larger-than-life issues, uh, as you guys well know. And that's kind of what just happened. And I think Rex has now had a, had a little bit of fun with it now, but... Uh, no, he never, he never told players not to have any sex. <laughs> Out of all the things we've seen from this, I guess, quote-unquote, new Rex Ryan, where he's not trash-talking all the time, do you kind of like this move of telling his players to literally do nothing around you know, the, the game and just rest and you know, just stay inactive when you're not on the practice field? I, I don't have a problem with it, but, I mean, frankly, he's just trying to get a message across, really. that was The, the whole point of it was to... Get the message across to be as well rested as you, as you could, because we need to kick these guys' butts on on, on Sunday. That's pretty much where it was at. Um, I have no problem with that. I mean, you know, that was his way of getting the message across. If it was misinterpreted slightly, then uh, that is possible. But uh, you know, it, it just turned out to be a couple of days worth of some fun. And Mark, I know it sounds weird, but we're actually going to talk about the players on the field for for, for just a, a couple of minutes here. Um, Do we have to? Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are saying that it was a letdown loss against Pittsburgh, and you can understand that given what happened against Atlanta, but. Do you really think it was that much of a letdown when you think about Geno Smith and you kind of have to do you, do you do you have as a fan do you think you have to put things into perspective and say this guy is a rookie quarterback he's going to have his ups and downs do you think fans should have should be having that attitude now? Well, I think it was a combination of things against Pittsburgh. I do think it was a little bit of a letdown, and I don't think there's any excuse for that because you know they were warned about that um, and they had to realize that this was an zero and fourteen coming in that was going to be desperate. Uh, and it was a very winnable game for the Jets. And I, frankly, you know, I mean, I was at the game, I covered the game, and I just don't think that, you know, I didn't see the same kind of fire and intensity in that game that I saw in the Atlanta game the previous week. So I definitely do think it was a letdown, but I think strategically the Jets messed up a little bit. I think that they, I think Marty Morningweg, who I think has done a very good job so far, got a little conservative. I think the Jets thought they could just play defense and run the ball and keep it really, really close to the vest with Chino and win the game. When the reality is, when the Jets have been successful this season in the three games they've won, Geno has made plays down the field. Now, Pittsburgh had something to do with that. Dick LeBeau schemed to try to take away Geno's uh, stuff down the field, but the Jets kind of played into it a little bit, I thought. And, uh, didn't really know what they wanted to do on offense. You know, they, they only ran the ball, I think, 17 times with the running backs, um, which wasn't enough. And, 
Obviously, they had some injury problems with the running backs, too, which didn't help them. But I think it was a combination. You know, they did let down. The intensity wasn't the same as it was in Atlanta. And uh, I think strategically they might have miscalculated the game a little bit. And what are your impressions to this point of the season on Geno Smith? Because you're in there, you know, you're in the locker room, you've talked to the guy. Uh, you know, so what are your impressions of him kind of in an off-the-field setting and how, how much he's helped this team as far as leadership goes? I think Gino has shown pretty good poise and pretty good confidence without being cocky. Um, you know, he seems like a pretty confident kid to me, and he seems he's, he's said and done all the right things that I can see in terms of being a leader and uh, being accountable. I mean, when he, when he screwed up, he stood up there and said, look, I can't do this. Now, I, you know, I wrote a column about two weeks ago leading into the Atlanta game, actually, saying, you know, look, it's all well and good that he's saying all the right things, but you got to start doing the right things. And you can't come out of every one of these games saying, yeah, I know, I can't throw the ball over, and, you know, I just got to stop that. And, you know, and then it keeps happening. You know, it kind of starts falling on deaf ears a little bit and becomes, you know, the message becomes a little bit muddled. You know, I like the way he went to the defensive players several weeks back and, 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 and apologize for his play. And I thought that was all admirable stuff. But you have to kind of follow what you're saying to some degree. And frankly, in the Steelers game, it looked like he was going to until he threw that ball into triple coverage, which just was, yeah. you know, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, I guess you just chalk it up to a boneheaded rookie mistake. But it was just, there was no reason to throw that ball where he threw it. I know he said he was throwing it away, but Gino has got too good of an arm that that ball would have been in the middle of, of, of three Steelers back there with Ryan Clark and whatnot. If, you know, if Gino was really trying to throw the ball away, he would have stuck it in somebody's chest in the third row. Um, so just a bad mistake on his part. I don't really – I don't kill him that much for the, for the second interception, even though it was in the red zone and the Jets did have a chance, you know, to get on the board there. He was hit as he threw it. Now, you could make the argument he shouldn't have thrown it. But, uh, you know, stuff like that does happen. I thought the real killer was the throw – the first pick in the red zone with, you know, I think it was 16-6. 6 if I'm not mistaken. There's a ton of time left. They score a touchdown there at 16-13, you know. Even if they score a field goal there at 16-9, it's a one-possession game. That, to me, was where the game turned. But So, Gino keeps making mistakes. That's, you know, I think that's just going to keep happening. Hopefully, for Jets fans' sake, you know, they, they start to – they come less frequently, you know, uh, because otherwise they're not going to win a lot more games. Yeah, um, but I think that he has shown much more big playability down the field than Mark Sanchez has really ever had because he's got such a much better arm. And uh, you know, he you know it's the same old story with them. They just got to eliminate the you know the turnovers. Kenny Ducey and Mac Rosenberg here on One on One's NFL Friday talking with Mark Cannizzaro of the New York Post. And, and Mark, I want to switch it to the skill positions here because in my mind, two big things happened to the Jets. One, Mike Goodson had the most awful NFL season ever where he got arrested, then suspended, then he just tore his ACL. Um, and then, of course, the Jets signed Josh Cribbs. So where does that leave the skill positions right now? What's the running? Is it going to be a lot of Powell? Uh, on Sunday, and then you look at the wide receiver position and how much action is Cribs going to get, especially with Gates now on the IR? Well, I mean, Cribs are going to have to get action because there's nobody else there, and that's why they signed him. Um, you know, the Jet skill position situation, is, is, is the cupboard is very bare, and, uh, you know, that's on Rex and that's on John Idzik, the new general manager. Uh, I know there was only so much they could do in the offseason, and they you know, didn't want to spend a lot of ton of money. Um, you know, on overpriced, you know, overpaying free agents. But the bottom line is, it's hard to have a rookie quarterback who's got nobody to throw the ball to. No wonder he's throwing interceptions half the time. And he's throwing the guys off, you know, just coming off the street. Listen, I mean, you know, Clyde Gates on a good day has bad hands. Uh, I mean, that guy, you know, sure he made a couple of catches last week. You know, especially I think in the uh, two-minute drill. Uh, right before the first, the, the first half ended, that was the best I've seen Gates since he was a Jet. Frankly, I mean, the guy's dropped it everywhere he's gone. He's dropped the ball. So, <laughs> you know, the fact that he's on IR is not catastrophic for the Jets. I mean, Josh Crims is a very, very good player, certainly more of a dangerous return man than a dangerous receiver. But, you know, he's a veteran nonetheless who's got to have to help the Jets to some degree. Uh, but, you know, listen, they've they got problems. I mean, you know, they, you know, now with Kellen Winslow really kills him. He's a leading receiver, and then he then he goes and gets himself suspended with PEDs. Right. So now you you know you've left yourself you know 
almost naked at, at the at the tight end position with you know Cumberland, who's you know you know he's, listen, the guy's got decent hands. He's making some pretty good plays down the field, you know, but he's not a dominant tight end by any means. Uh, and you know, without Winslow in there, you know that, that could throw more coverage to Cumberland now. So it's just it's they they got problems skill position wise, and that's why you know they're going to hope to use as much power as they can. Um, and, you know, listen, the Patriots up front, let's be honest. I mean, you know, with, with Mayo now out for the year, and certainly they're already without Wilfork, yeah. you know, I mean, you should be able to run the ball on the Patriots, and, and I'm sure that's what the Jets' plan is. Uh, but they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to make some big plays, too, down the field, and, you know, and the, the, the kind of plays they didn't make against Pittsburgh if they're going to win the game. All right, Mark, in week two, the Jets almost got it done against the Patriots. They didn't quite. Can they get it done this week? Uh, at home against the Patriots, and how many touchdown passes does Zach Sudfeld catch in a reverse <laughs> Belichick yeah. scenario here? Well, that would be quite something, wouldn't it? Uh, he had a decent preseason for them. and uh, Hey, he was looking good for them. Like, yeah, it looked like he was going to do some things, and then, you know, it just didn't really pan out. So, um, yeah, you know, listen, he's going to be forced into action, too, because because of no, uh, uh, no Winslow. Listen, the Jets can win the game. Of course they can win the game. I mean, the Jets... Rex Ryan always does a good job for the most part, you know, minus the butt fumble game and the 45-3 loss. Really, most of the other games they've played against New England have been pretty tight games, and they've done a pretty good job on Brady. And, uh, you know, now the Jets' defensive front is as good as it's ever been since Rex has been there. Uh, so you've got to think that, you know, these guys are going to harass Brady to some degree. I'm sure Belichick has some sort of plan to counteract that. But, you know, I think they're going to disturb Brady without question. Uh, and... You know, I, 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 here's where I think the Jets have really got to be careful. You know, the Patriots are going to spread them out, you know, with, with the empty backfield stuff uh, or keep one guy in the backfield, and they're going to run the ball. with, the, with they, they, Nobody does it better in the league than the Patriots in running the ball after they've spread the defense out with a, with a spread look. And that, they've killed the Jets on that in the past, and that's what I would worry about if I'm, if I'm the Jets right now. As much as I would worry about Brady, and certainly now you got to worry about Gronkowski because it looks like he's going to play now. Uh, you know, by all reports coming up out of New England today, you know he has been cleared to play. So you know you got to figure he's going to be in the mix now. So you almost have to put a cornerback on that guy. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be very, very winnable game for the Jets, but also a very, very losable game for the Jets because you know their margin for error on offense is very, very slim, as we've seen and. Uh, their strength is their defense. They have to be almost perfect on defense and make just enough plays on offense to win a, you know, twenty to seventeen game. That's kind of the way I see it, look, uh, you know, unfolding. That is Mark Canizaro of the New York Post at Mark Canizaro with two N's, two Z's, A R O. Mark, you are the man for coming on with us. Thanks. Thank you so much, and uh, try to enjoy the game on Sunday. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, good, Mark. Good, good doing it. Take Talk care, buddy. Soon. Thanks. And uh, Mac, you just. You know that Sunfeld's catching a touchdown pass. You know <laughs> I, it. You I didn't know e- it. I didn't even know the Jets had signed him. I, I had to turn my microphone off and ask you. <laughs> you're, I, sure, you're sure about that? I heard Canizaro saying, uh, yeah, because Sudfeld's he's going to get some looks in there with uh, – Yeah, because yeah, And I, I was to. expecting him to say with Gronkowski out. We know Gronkowski's in because I thought he was stalling the Patriots. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I – Look, listen, I don't think he's very good, but you nah, know that I, he's going to get like at least four targets. Listen, the Jets have to – do everything right in this game. They have to play. They have to play v- way, way better than they played in, even in Atlanta. I would say because Atlanta wasn't good. Yeah, they, they're going to have to play a better game than that. I hope. I hope that they realize that. Uh, yeah, and the defense is going to be big in this game too because Gronkowski is cleared to play, and I assume he will. So, I got to go with the Patriots in this game. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I'm going to go with the Jets just because of look. I I, I like what Mark said about um, well, he was looking at the mistakes from last week and. You know they were they were very fixable mistakes. You know if Gino doesn't overthrow Stephen Hill by literally an inch and a half, they are right in that ball game. That's an easy touchdown. Um, and and you know again that's a throw that you normally Gino makes. Uh, I think that they're gonna have the last game on their mind. You know Rex Ryan uh wants to beat the Patriots very badly. I mean they asked Josh Cribbs about it. I think like his first day at Jets practice, and he was like, you can see it in the man. Man's eyes, like he wants to win this game very bad, and he's the newest member of the team. Yeah, I know. I mean, so I think that they, we, we know they that always they get up. Win. They always get up for the. They're Patriots. always going to get up for the game. That's I mean, for sure. Look, 
when you see Sean Green running well against the Patriots, <laughs> you know that Blau Powell will, and you know that Geno Smith will show up. And look, they showed up for Monday night against the Falcons. They got up for that game. I think they get up for this game. They almost won Thursday night if it weren't for three horrible interceptions. And they're home now. And they're home, and they have Zach Sudfeld, and I'm taking the New York Jets to win this game. I, I, uh, I, I think that I think they can do it. I think they can do it. I'm not going to put like a, a lot of money on it, but I think they'll do it. And once again, we thank Mark for coming on with us. And uh, Pat Burns, our engineer today, a pa- big, big Patriots fan. Uh, disbelief. So I, I would assume that he's picking the Patriots. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll see during the pick'em segment, won't we? All right, let us move us on now. Let us move us. Let, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on now to the Giants. We need to move on. Giants need to move on and just look forward to the next draft, don't they? They're, it's oh, it's, I mean, it's awful the same story them. as last week. We, we, we talked about it last week. And Ma- then... Ma- Malo. <laughs> it was a quiet Sunday for the Giants. They finally didn't lose a game. Unfortunately, that's because they played last Thursday and lost and didn't have to play on Sunday. It was a very calm weekend following a brutal primetime loss to the Bears eight days ago. After their long break, the G-Men face off with the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. As Coach Tom Coughlin knows, a struggling team like the Vikings can be tough to beat with a strong run game and talented defense. Their style is what it is. They want to run the football. They want to take advantage of the running game to get you down in the box and then be able to throw the ball. Defensively, they come hard. That's what they've always done. That's what they'll continue to do. The Giants are terrible, but the Vikings have been pretty bad in their own right. Standing in last place in the NFC North, they will make their third quarterback change of the season this Monday they will throw former Tampa starter Josh Freeman into the fire. They've also gotten little production out of their talented defensive line as they rank 28th in the league in sacks. Last year's 10-win playoff team is struggling this season. It's hard to imagine they had seven Pro Bowlers a year ago. And it's hard to imagine the Giants have had any Pro Bowlers, ever. The G-Men have been awful this year. Last in the league in sacks, have thrown the most interceptions in football. That's a recipe for 0-6, and they're 0-6. I've picked them to win every week, not because I thought they'd be 6-0, but I thought they had had to have won one by now. So I'm going to pick them to lose this week, though I think they're going to win. This way, on the inside, I know I'm not wrong if they win. And if they lose, then I pick them to lose. It's a win-win for me. I'm guaranteed a win this Monday, but the Giants are not. My prediction... Vikings 20, Giants 16. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. How do these reports get more and more depressing that reminds by me, the week? That reminds How? me of the 2000 presidential election. <laughs> I had uh, I, I I thought George Bush was going to win, but I wanted Al Gore to win. I don't care. There's, there's my political affiliation for out there for everybody. <laughs> but that just reminded me of that. Malo, oh, man. They just, by the week, they get more depressing. <laughs> the music, like, well, too. I, I think they're going to win, but I don't... I don't so I, don't, I can't I don't, lose. I wouldn't say they're going to win, but, but they, they're going to win if I don't oh think God. they're going to... But anyway, if I think they're going to win, then they're not going to win. But then if I think they're going to win, I'm going to be a good <laughs> fan, and I'm going to think that maybe I'll think them to victory, but I, I don't know what he's... I, we thank Eric Mala, as always, for oh, his great man. reports, but I I mean, it's just like, what do you say this one if you're doing it? It's like the, it's like the old Jets reports from like two years ago when they were <laughs> bombing it you know you're like oh okay well maybe this week Joe you know Vidiello. you never know like do i think they're gonna win this week no and that's that's right out of eric Mollo's mouth so no i actually do think that they're gonna win this football they have to win like we one talk, game right we talked about <laughs> they win one game. we talked about it last week when we were looking at their schedule the two games that they should win are the raiders and and the vikings the, the vikings right i don't know i don't know if if you can say i looking at back on what i said last week i don't necessarily know if you can say they should win any of these games but i think that they will win this game um monday night football it's going to be another barn yeah. burner of a monday night football game oh yeah i mean well aside from jets patriots you want to talk about barn burners thursday night has been terrible yeah well i mean until uh 2 weeks ago right with, well, we, with niners the Niners were playing, weren't they? Yeah, against the Rams, and they dominated. It was a barn burner. No, there was there was a good game recently. Yeah, the, the Browns spills. That, that was, maybe it was that. That wasn't even that great. Of there a were game. a few of. Or the Jets game was good too. Jet game was good. Um, look, if I'm gonna say this right now, if the Giants don't win this week, they will not win a single game all year. 
That's you know what? Honestly, I'd like to I'd like to game. say that's a bold prediction, but it's really not. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I know you I know you understand that because of how bad this team is. Um, you know, I said I think they're going to win, but I, I just how can you predict them to win a game? Like I'm sorry. <laughs> At this point in the season, I don't. You I can't. Don't know. You can't do it. A- I mean, when, AP. When David Wilson is your third best player. I mean, it's like they oh, signed Peyton on. Hillis this week. I mean, now I'm sorry. Is- you can't. You can't safely predict them to win anything. Michael Cox, a rookie, seventh rounder. Oh my uh, god! What? Just, just that name, like I love Michael Cox. I, oh I cover god. training right. camp. Who uh, do you love more, Isaiah Pete or Michael Cox? Michael Cox. Uh, well, Pete is a close that's, second. That's, that's that's a very close war right there between those two. <laughs> look, you, know, you look at Michael. Both uh, Northeast football. Um, Pete played at Cincy. Cincy yeah. Michael Cox played at UMass. I, look, huh. I watched Michael Cox play uh, or practice in training camp this year uh, when I covered the Giants yeah. back then, uh, back when they were not bad yet, <laughs> and he looked really good. And I think that it is a crime that Tom Coughlin rather would rather play a hurt Brandon Jacobs last week than Michael Cox. Like, literally, he was almost forced to play Michael Cox, and he didn't Listen, do it. Listen, Kenny, you talk about these things as if they mean so much. If Michael no, they, Cox played, would but, the Giants be well, would the Giants okay. be 6-2 and two right now or 4-2? and two? I can't do but the But if math. Michael Come Cox on. played last week and ran four times for 20 yards, the Giants might feel a little—fans might feel a little better about oh, this week, and Michael on. Cox— would be getting 20, 15 Kenny, carries this week. I, I'm sorry, Kenny. At this point, it means absolutely nothing. You're, I, you're, you're, well, this is the only thing that we have to talk about with the Giants. It really is. Michael is. Cox is, was taking first-team reps with Brandon really... Jacobs hurt and David Wilson obviously hurt, and they asked him if he— uh, or no, that was Kyle Wilson who thought he was he thought that he was cleared to play. David Wilson won't play. Um, Brandon Jacobs will be, was hurt. He was limited all year. Michael Cox will get carries before Peyton Hillis, I think. If they don't, then they clearly hate Michael Cox and they'll never play him ever. But and I there think will that, be somebody uh, look, protesting a, outside the Timex Performance there's, Center. There's nothing, or whatever it's called. There's nothing that that uh, I think that's right. Um, <laughs> the Quest Diagnostics. <laughs> well, yeah, they changed the Quest. They did. Yeah. They did. This is what we're talking about <laughs> with the New York Football Giants, the team that has won two Super Bowls in five years, yeah. and we're talking about the name of their freaking performance center. Yeah. Well, I, oh. I, uh, you look at you look at. The storylines this year or this weekend—that's really all it is—is is that Cox will probably get carries for the first time all year, and he's a rookie. And I, I mean, Coughlin must have this like—he hates playing rookies rule. Like, I don't play rookies rule because I mean, Darrell Scott's not that good, and he got look at all the carries he got—he got cut twice now. Uh, yeah. they, they they put him on waivers, and I think they're gonna put him on the pra- injured reserve now. I think uh, is for Darrell Scott or something like something that. like that. Um, Bottom line is, I think Eli is gonna have to. He's going to have to just not turn the football Let's go to Bobby. Go- oh, Bobby Goobin just walked out of the room. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. why did he walk out of the room? I don't know. He I, walked I didn't in wa- and then I, he walked I out. I didn't want to talk about the Giants anymore. I don't I know. know why All he did was Bobby decided he, he to walk walked out. into the room. He can't walk out. He you picked can't up leave. my backpack and he threw leave. it on the ground. You can't leave two people alone when they're talking about the Giants, Bobby. You can't throw <laughs> my backpack on the ground <laughs> you like that, Bobby. Guys, have us be I can't bear to listen to the Giants talk anymore. That's why I had to leave the room. You're here to end the Giants He did this. That's why you're here. He did this to us and then. <laughs> and then on top of it all, he threw my backpack on the ground. I'm really, ups- I'm still upset about that. I would You're say I gently one. placed it on the ground. But. Well, uh, okay. Let's get to Bobby. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Our favorite Goobin, Bobby, is here. <laughs> and you have some Believe It's. Or not? I just have, I have I have I one thing to say, Bobby, before you do this. Sure. <laughs> I had Randall Cobb and Danny Amendola. Ha! I am starting. I started Doug Baldwin this ha! week and Jarrett Boykin. Oh man, I was starting Boykin too. <laughs> I think Jarrett Boykin's gonna be good. All right, I, you That's know, all I, I really do. Oh, I got because James gotta, Jones. They don't have James Jones. I gotta either. say I, something to you, Mac, before we get on this <laughs> fan segment. I picked up. Did you Chris, meet Jarrett Boykin somewhere? <laughs> I picked up Chris Durham last Friday. <laughs> And uh, and we are in a PPR league, sixteen team PPR, so it's very deep, and you get obviously points per reception. And I picked him up on Friday because I looked at the Lions depth chart and I, I saw, oh, he's the number two receiver there besides Kaba John. So I picked him up and I said, hey man, I just picked up Chris Durham. Are you you know I mean trying to act, act like I was you know made a good pickup and trying to impress him? And he was like, oh, I don't care. Sixteen points last week, Chris Durham. Okay, who cares now? Who wished he had Chris but, Durham now? But Cal- Calvin was barely playing last week. That's that's why Durham, he got eight catches. Last two weeks, Chris Durham's had twenty-one targets. 
right, believe it. Go believe ahead. it. Is he in your believe it or not? No, he's no, not. He's my not. Believe yeah. it or not. But he should Find be. <laughs> Starting off, another Detroit Lion, and you gotta love this guy's touchdown celebrations, if nothing else. I do. Joseph Foria. Yes. Three catches. I picked him up in our league. Thirty-four yards. All three TDs. I don't believe it. I mean, ah, <laughs> I mean, I come on, you can't, you can't believe it. Just despite Mac in this I mean, situation, I mean, you, no. you can't, you can't believe it. He's, he just happened. I mean, Brandon Pettigrew is terrible, but I don't think any Detroit Lion tight end is fantasy relevant. Moving on, and you're gonna like this, Kenny, because you know you put me in my place, and I, I'll be completely honest. <laughs> Keenan <laughs> Allen, nine catches, 107 yards, Thank and a TD. You gotta be sold on that. I, I gotta be sold on it. I was wrong, plain and simple. I'll leave it at that. Uh, he's clearly taken over as the number one wide receiver Eddie on the Royal, team. Eddie Royal, where you at? <laughs> Eddie Royal's non-existent. <laughs> but I will say this: Eddie Royal gets two more touchdowns before the season is over. That's <laughs> okay, okay. not that bold of a prediction. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. That's not even a prediction. That's like a fact. That's just like he will. <laughs> This is something he will be doing. <laughs> well, Got it. You can't, can't leave me with a shred of dignity, can you? Okay. No. All right. Riley Cooper, four catches, 120 yards, and a TD. You know, no. Uh, it's Riley Cooper. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's a guy that is, is going to keep this production going. Uh, Chris Obanaya. I mean, the Browns running backs are just terrible. I mean, he had seven catches for 61 yards and a TD, and that looks nice, PPR especially in a PPR league. really league. nice. Yeah. Uh, if he, if you're really in dire straits in a PPR league, eh, he's worth like he's band. worth he's worth a pickup. Dire but straits. other than that, don't believe him. I can't believe I dropped him. I had him. You guys did mention I, I how how sad the Giants running back situation is, but Brandon Jacobs ran for 106 yards and two TDs last week. I gotta believe it. If he's Aww, if he's be- if he's on the field and getting that. 20 carries, why not? I don't, Why not? I don't. I don't believe you believing that. He ran over Lance Briggs multiple times in that game. <laughs> Multi- Brandon Jacobs. He was not ever a guy who did that, though. I mean, that, well, I just think not a big. You look at you look at what he's been doing guy. the whole year. This is an outlier. And like, is he going to be able to do this like a like a lot of times? No. But given given a pickup, yes, I think he. He's I think he's old. decent. I think he gets you six to eight like points six years ago, in standard leagues. And ten points in PPR leagues. I think he's he's a guy that if he, if you're running catches, out of options, yeah, yeah, like a catcher yeah, to. I'm not sold. I, I don't think he's consistent enough. You're all right. Kenny's all right. right. It's an outlier. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, QBs. I like this week. Obviously, Philip Rivers against Jacksonville. You know, everybody against Jacksonville, you got to like. Ryan Matthews uh, against Jacksonville? Ryan Ma- he's in the running backs uh, we'll when wait, I get we'll there. Wait, we'll wait. Uh, Jay Cutler <laughs> against Washington. Uh, you know, Romo didn't have a good game against them, but that, that was because they didn't need him to. It wasn't because Washington's defense is good. Especially, I have, special I have, teams uh, going. I have, I have something that's – can people finally start believing in Jay Cutler as a fantasy quarterback? That's still – Define believing. I mean, like – well, it depends on what it depends on what it depends on what your expectations are. Okay, if you have high expect, if you expect Jay Cutler to be a top seven fantasy QB, no. If you expect I, I, him I to be, be on that why bottom, uh, tell me why not? Because he's a still a pick waiting to happen. He still makes bad decisions all the time. Bennett and Marshall, all the time. He has good receivers surrounding him. Finally got the weapons, but Alshon he's, Jeffrey. He's still not yeah. that smart. Football wise, and I think that really holds him back. Okay, he had he has six picks this year. Uh, you look at 2011; he had seven. Last year, he had 14, which was tough. But I mean, he hasn't really had a a, a whole lot since 2010. And what's a, what were his total turnover numbers? What about fumbles included? I got to look. He got sacked a lot. He gets sacked a lot. He got sacked 38 times last year. Yeah, yeah. So when you throw in the league and being exactly, so when you throw in the fumbles and everything else, look, he's he's a middle of the road guy. If you're expecting Uh, anything, being sacked though. Yeah, but you still have to take that into account. Moving on, Eli Manning against Minnesota. Look, I think he throws as many TDs as he did picks last week. So I was three for those of you keeping count. I, I think Minnesota's defense is is bad. I think the I Giants. picked them up this week. <laughs> I, I, you picked them up in one of my leagues. They're oh like my the god. worst defense in oh football. Oh my god! I was like, oh, Vikings D against the Giants. Uh, no brainer. QBs I don't like. Joe Flacco. Look in his five games at Pittsburgh in his career, three in three of them he's thrown for two, just two hundred under two hundred yards passing. And in he's, all of them he's been Joe Flacco. He's never had more than two <laughs> touchdown passes. And Pittsburgh is the fourth ranked pass defense. And he's having a bad so year. So pretty much, yeah. he's having a Flacco. Do year. not start Joe Flacco. Uh, Colin Kaepernick against Tennessee. Look, Colin Kaepernick's been a dud. He's been a dud. Yeah. Uh, he was, he, but he came back last week. 
He gets the bad defense, but he still came back. He came a little back. He still only threw for 250 yards. Vern, Uh, baby, Vern. Receding hairline, Vern. We'll see see what he does against Tennessee. Touchdown scoring, Vern. You're not going to like this, Max. Sam Bradford against Carolina. Look, I think that's a low-scoring game. The Rams won't win the game. I know we're not predicting (laughs) the Rams game, but I am. They're not going to win. And But Sam Bradford, folks. Heard it here first. 13 touchdowns, three interceptions this season. No, he's looked much better. I just think that game is a low-scoring game. Yeah, I agree with you, Bob. I'm with you, Bobby. I don't blame him. Uh, running backs I like this week, Alfred Morris against Chicago. Look, as I just mentioned, Jacobs ran all over the Bears. I think Alfred Morris does the same thing. Uh, Ryan Matthews against the Jags. Ryan Matthews actually ran for over 100 yards that. last week. I had him on my bench, and I was like, maybe next week I'll consider playing him. I think, I think if you own Ryan Matthews, this is the week to start him. This is the one week. Uh, <laughs> C.J. Spiller, another bust. I think. His ankle is getting better, and he has good history against the Dolphins. Uh, he's averaged 157 yards per game in their past three meetings. So if he's even 85% healthy, I think he actually outscores Fred Jackson this week. Uh, running backs I don't like. Steven Ridley against the Jets. The Jets are the number two rush defense. We were just talking about yeah. it. You know, it's for real. Don't start running backs against the Jets. Uh, Chris Johnson against San Francisco. Look, Chris Johnson only ran for 33 yards last week against Seattle. He's having a terrible He's season. not going to have much better numbers. He's going to be out of the league in two years. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't know about that. He's going uh, to get on a team that actually I, has an offensive line and he'll okay, do he'll come back as a, as a safety. <laughs> so, like, so, like, so if someone was smart right now, they would trade. Like, the Patriots are the type of team that would right, pick up Chris Johnson, right, and right. they should. Uh, Le'Veon Bell against Baltimore. He's averaging just two point eight yards a carry. Uh, Baltimore's defense isn't isn't that bad. Wide receivers I like Justin Blackman. The onslaught continues against San Diego. The onslaught. Terrence it Williams really against onslaught. Philly. Uh, Austin's still banged up, so I got to believe he's their number two yeah. guy. Josh Gordon against Green Bay. Number one guy that's going to be the Bronco, uh, the Browns are going to be, you know, coming from behind. So I think Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron actually have good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receivers, I don't like Torrey Smith against Pittsburgh. We just mentioned Pittsburgh's pass defense. Dwayne Bow against Houston. Look, I have no idea why they paid Dwayne Bow $56 <laughs> million dollars I still love Dwayne to Bo. throw it to him four a times receiver. a game. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. So it's not right, like so it's not going to change. That. The game plan no. is not going to change. Exactly. I think Bo gets uh, Chris Durham, I don't like this week against Cincinnati. Yeah. Calvin's back. Cincinnati's a decent defense. Uh, tight ends, I do like Jordan Reed, Redskins oh, yeah, tight Redskins, end. Yeah. He replaced Fred Davis. I you know, he only had four catches last week, but on those four catches, he looked really good. And I think RG3 is going to start to look at uh, him some more. Jordan Cameron, I mentioned. Kyle Rudolph. I can't believe I'm mentioning that name and I like no in the same sentence. But against the Giants. No, of course I like Martellus Bennett. It's just I'm yeah. not featuring him this week. Uh, not featured. T- tight ends, I don't like. Garrett Graham against Kansas City. I don't know what all the hype was about Garrett Graham. Yeah, I, dry, but, I dropped uh, it. I, I mean, Couldn't do it. And against a good defense like KC, he's not going to get anything. Uh, Jared Cook against Carolina again, low scoring game. And Jared Cook's been oh, non-existent. It's so easy not to like him. Well, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, other than that, I, no, I got. I got. He hasn't done anything since week <laughs> one. I got a question for you, um, and this doesn't concern all, either of you guys. Considering, well, maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, I have Zach Stacy, uh, Chris Durham, and Kobe Fleener right now. I could play in my flex. I'm leaning towards Stacy because I have Powell and Matthews starting at running back. I mean, Durham, though. 20, again, I wouldn't start Stacy. Carolina is a good defense. But I, would, start? I would start Fleener. The 20, I would start Fleener. Fleener's been a bust two, It's going to be a, a shootout. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be – I'm going to be watching that game did have intently. Like a, I think he had like a two or three touchdown game this season. I, no, no I, Fleener's had good games this year. I think Fleener gets weeks, something in the vicinity good. of six catches, yeah. 50, yeah, you're right. 60 yards, you're right. and but, maybe a TD. But, I mean, I, I always am tempted – Chris Durham – Again, 21 carries in two weeks. Or 21 targets, I'm sorry. Anyway, what else do you have for us? Or is, is That's that it? it. That's All it. Right. That's sad. It's sad, but you know what's happy? P- p- pick them. Pick Let's look into the crystal ball <laughs> for some weekly NFL predictions. Uh, before we go into the... It was like... Uh, I was hoping for the, you know, the, the music and the... Uh, whatever. We got it. Uh, <laughs> the other music. I don't, you, know, you know the music. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know gonna, why you love that music so much. I, I, I love it. I love it. We're going to go into our picks now, and the first game is the Vikings and the Giants. And I, I do we pick this? I, I pick the Vikings. You had the Vikings. I'm picking the Vikings. Um, I also have the Vikings. You can't. 
can't bet against anyone who's playing the Giants. I'm, go I'm going the Giants this week. They're at home, and as you said, if they don't win this week, when are they going to win? Look, we Josh said, Freeman. It's Josh Freeman. You know, we yes, but it's Josh Freeman's first game against Minnesota. Yeah, he doesn't know the Vikings. No, so he doesn't know the Let's playbook go. that well. It Look, the Giants are at home. You gotta always give it a slight edge to the home team. I just think it's a winnable game for Freeman. He's gonna want this game. Morrow, who's got? Who you got, Morrow? Red. You're pointing red. You're yelling. Doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters. Send it to me on the computer, the interwebs, and I'll read it later. Uh, Patriots and Jets, all of us here have the well, – well, Mac and I have the – you have New England. I have I the Jets. Go. I'm going with the Patriots You got well. New England. Yeah. And Papern's – I mean, I'm just guessing he has New England just yeah, to guess. And Morrow does. does. And Julian has got the Jets. I don't even why, – why did I even ask that? <laughs> Broncos, Colts, as great as this game may be, I don't think – I don't see anyone picking the Colts in this game. I got the Broncos. Give me Indy. Going Indy, baby. Are you nuts? I don't, I'm going I, Indy. This At is home? Peyton's, Undefeated, This Broncos. is Peyton's revival in Lucas Oil Stadium. Look, I, I, honestly, I looked at their schedule. I don't know when I can pick against the Broncos. I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated, but I don't know how you pick against them I, in I know any of their matchups. I'm going, I'm going uh, Indy, baby. Andrew Luck. Who we got in the back? Oh, look at the screen! I got this. I got it on the monitor. That's, I, I, I should say monitor so it looks more professional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Broncos, Broncos. A lot of Broncos. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys and Eagles is our next game up. NFC East matchup. Um, I gotta go here with the Cowboys, and both the guys in the back going with the boys. Cause you know why? They just show that determination. I really want to get ahead of the standings. I'm taking Philly. Yep, same. I'm doing Philly. They're at home, and I'm starting Nick Foles in one of my leagues. So, <laughs> go Eagles. Uh, next up, we have the Ravens and the Steelers. This is the final game we will be picking. And the Ravens have Joe Flacco. Uh, the Steelers, though, have only one win. It is tough. Steelers. Ah. Uh. This is tough. I'm going to go Pittsburgh, though. Baltimore has been on the decline. Pittsburgh's at home. They have some momentum from last week. Give me Ben. I agree with everything you just said, Steelers. <laughs> Steel in the back, we have Pat with the Ravens, Matt with the Steelers. Uh, Matt is Matt's determined to get back on the board, isn't he? Okay, that was a failure. Oh, my determination. <laughs> there, there we go. Uh, okay, in our upset Man, picks. that wasn't set up. That, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what happened there. Uh, but Matt putting the team on his back. We have NFL odds uh, coming up on the screen now. But let's start with Bobby Gubin, who's got his upset pick ready. Bucks over the Falcons. Bucks over the Falcons. Bucks over the Falcons. In Atlanta. Roddy White is not playing. No way. No Who way. you got? Who you got, Mac? This is tough. This is really yes. Tough. See there, that's the music. Always, that should always be played. Give me. Uh, I don't want to do this, but Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are you kidding me? Oh, they almost lost to the. Are you serious? They almost. Lost, are you serious? They almost lost by ten to the Broncos. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, this is so tough. Uh, there, because I look the the Bills Dolphins game. I was watching them up Indy. I feel like I want to pick the Bills, but give me Redskins Bears. That's not enough of an upset, right? That's that's what you guys are gonna say. I think the Skins would be an upset. That there. would be an upset if you want to go. That I'll, uh, I'll take uh, it. But then you give no. me a freebie next week. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what that means. Uh, let's go. Bills over the Dolphins. I'm going with the Bills over the Dolphins. We go, we go to the back now. Pat has Buffalo over Miami. Matt has the Titans. The Titans over the Niners? Are you kidding me? That is. I, I can't believe that you just picked that. The Titans over the Niners. Uh, hey, but J uh, no, no, Jake Locker? No Jake Locker? No Jake Locker. No. no. Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Still yeah. no. Still no. F I don't care if it's Jake Locker. Fyan Fitzpatrick. I don't know. How. I was trying to Unless invert his name, and it didn't work. Well, maybe if uh, the Titans. You're, why do you have your sunglasses on? You're inside. Maybe if the 49ers punter, Andy Lee, tries to kick a field goal. And the, Mac, take it back Mac Rosenberg has his sunglasses on inside. Yeah, and I do. You're standing up. You clearly want to leave. Why are you wearing your sunglasses inside? Like I don't wear right, them right, until I off, leave Kenny. the building. They're off. Like, once off. you leave, then you can put the same. Now the viewers on. can see that I don't have my sunglasses on. <laughs> I'm, I am this week's pope, I guess, for yelling at you for wearing your. I'm the sunglasses pope. You're the sports pope. 
Yes, that's right. All right. I see. I was trying to stretch this segment out so I could hear the music, and I did it successfully. So thanks for listening. If you listened to this whole thing, you are a New Orleans saint. Join us next week, <laughs> next Friday. Uh, that'll be fun. And uh, all of us will, of course, be wrong on our picks and our upset picks, but maybe we'll be right. Maybe we'll tell you about it next Friday. Anyway, for Pat Burns, engineering, killing it back there. Matt Morrow in some strange red shirt. Oh, it says Foo Fighters on it. That was cool. Bobby Goomba with Fantasy. Matt Rosenberg chatting Enjoy a little bit of everything baby. about me. Enjoy it. He's out the door already, so I don't know what to say anymore. You already said it. Go Jets. This has been One-on-One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.